Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Hey, everybody. Hello. Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> oh, Robert's here. Oh, Bob. I don't know what that picture is of Robert's. Oh, I think it's... I can't figure it out. Good morning. Good morning. There's Caleb. I'm crushing his head. <laughs> Put in sound effects. <laughs> All right. Revolville act now. <laughs> Might as well be. Oh, so I took the phone into the Apple store, which is like getting into a freaking nightclub now because of COVID. I had to make two point two appointments because I missed my first one. Well, I didn't miss it. I went to the wrong place. Um, and so they took my phone into the back room. I don't know what they did to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he told me that my microphone was very dirty. And I was like, really? Like, how does it get dirty? And he's like, oh, they get really dirty. You know, I was like, okay. And he's like, so we cleaned your microphone. And I was hoping they would be like, oh, we put in a new microphone because we're Apple and we have billions of dollars. Like, no, we just cleaned it. I'm like, okay, well, hopefully it works. So here we are trying it out. We did a test. We did a test drive beforehand because we're very professional now. So, but great thing about the phone, working or not working, is that we started our GoFundMe. And you may have seen it on Facebook. I don't know if you have because I think only two people liked the, 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 the link. See, that's... That's called Minnesota Nice, but I just did there. Oh, only two people liked it. Mm. They liked my funny comic book thing I put up, but <laughs> they liked Caleb without shoes, but mm. <laughs> our fundraiser just didn't get many or many likes. That's interesting. Um, I like going to evangelical churches when they start when they say well, it's time to take offering and they clap because it's been so stigma because everybody's like that church is super greedy, so they're like. We're going to battle this with claps when he asks for money. So I hope you're clapping at home right now. Hope you're clapping at home. Yeah, good luck getting into the Apple Store, Kate. That's someone I'm talking to online for all the, I mean, on the phone to all the online listeners. It is literally like a night getting into like Studio 54, um, which I frequented when I was three years old. But yeah, they're like, mm, mm. they took my temperature on my wrist, which I thought was clever because I took my hat off so my head would cool down so I wouldn't get a fever. And then they're like, nope, just your wrist. I was like, oh, clever, clever Apple. But it also felt like very post-apocalyptic, like this is the new, this is the new rule. Uh-huh, right, right, like, right. Welcome in. Did they also scan the barcode on your wrist? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the barcode on my yeah, forehead. On your forehead. <laughs> so... I don't, you know, and it's funny that we all still support Apple, really, isn't it? <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> um, and honestly, if they if they shut down all the stores, I'm going to have to do Christmas shopping on Amazon, and or I hope not to do that because just for the kids, anybody else, I'll get really cool independent store stuff. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so we we in seven days. We raised our goal of $3,000. Now, what are we going to do with that money? 
Um, not what Apple would do with it. Not what Apple would do. Not buy a small country. Um, <laughs> but no, it was great because I've done Kickstarters before from podcasts and things like that in the past, and and those are really heavy handed, and you know you got to give everybody something. This is the first time I've done something where we like just did an actual fundraiser and nobody got anything, and people still gave, and mm. we reached our goal in seven days, and I was pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, it's just really cool. So um, it's still up because I think it stays up for a month. So if you want to give, you can give to the to the you know like oh man, I didn't give a chance to give. Um, well, we pulled some strings for you. Yeah, we pulled some strings, and you've got a chance now. I just want to make it you know just for you. I care about you. Yeah, I don't want you to you. miss out on the fun on a blessing. Yeah. Huh? Um, no, but yeah, it's still up, so you can support us there. Um, it's pretty easy. Um, but yeah, so. You know, we'll obviously keep the money to make the church better. We're going to help Caleb with some money. We're getting brand new camera mm, for yes. this. Oh yes, maybe a brand new microphone. Oh boy, if we bring in a little extra, and um, we're going to get a computer, and hopefully get another computer or another computer fixed, so we can do more of this. And we're getting lights, and uh, so yeah, I'm pretty excited. Oh yeah, we're about what we're able up. to do. So, getting leveled up. If any any D and D players out there, we're getting all new gear. Get to we're getting like five new spells per day that we can memorize. It's gonna be great. I, I wasn't a nerd growing up, so I don't know what that is. But yeah, boom. Um, That's no longer a burn, Jay. It's cool to be nerdy now. <laughs> I only use six sided. Is it six sided die or the regular They're, ones? You got to do the regular ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I only use twenty sided die. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so cool that you don't even know what a six-sided die is called. <laughs> Dice when there's two, but it's that's a die you're correct one, about that. Yeah. A lot of people get their own. All right. Well, we're talking about dice. Dice, Casting dice, lots. baby, to go. One of the cool things I thought was really awesome about also um, the GoFundMe was that you can you can donate anonymously. And I was really surprised about how many people donated anonymously. Mm. And in my head, I'm thinking, you know, what person's like, oh, I'm going to give to this, you know, this church. And then like, oh, anonymous. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was thinking like, when did, when, what what they're going through in their lives? You know, like, you know, it could be anything. But I kept my imagination ran wild. Like, like it's like Jerry Falwell Jr. is like, I really want to support revolution, but I don't want anybody to know, <laughs> you know, or like Mark Driscoll's like, oh, man, he's in he's in my old hometown. Let's send him a couple, you know, send him 50 bucks. <laughs> um, or it's like, you know, um, what's what's the famous atheist name? I was going to say Darwin, but that's not I, don't know, I was thinking of Dawkins. <laughs> Dawkins. Maybe Dawkins wanted yeah. to make a donation to the church, and he's like, oh, I don't want people to know that this is, you know, I'm supporting a church. Anonymous. But, uh, yeah. But the only, the underside of the anonymous gift is, one, is I'm not sure if you get, I'm sure you get the tax write-off, because I'm sure they talk to you personally. Uh, but the the two is is that now I know Pete Rollins will tell me that he was whatever the highest anonymous giver was. So... <laughs> <laughs> Gets, gets out of jail free card. <laughs> oh yeah, that was me. I I like to give privately. Um, <laughs> we got to do is is do a blind test where you ask them what the actual amount was. Yeah, but then he'll say he doesn't know the conversion rate. Yeah, you just, it's like you know trying to get us find his lucky charms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, that wasn't probably very cool to say, but 
So, yeah, so that's been kind of great. So thank you all for your support. I can't tell you how much we appreciate yes, thank it. You, thank um, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are on super so lockdown much. right now in uh, Seattle, Seattle, Washington, and Linwood, where I live. Um, mm-hmm. We're on super, super duper yeah. lockdown. Yeah. Um, tonight, California goes on, like, stay-at-home lockdown. Um, this is, you know, it's a pretty crazy time, you know. Especially having kids, you know, I had the kids all week and, and, um, you know, people are, are nervous, even outside people are nervous, you know, and I I get it, you know, I, I totally get it, you know, um, and then I get nervous because I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh, my kids don't have masks on, you know, Mm -hmm. and like we went to a park and played and none of the kids had masks on and I was like, well, if I get, I think I've had COVID already, but like, well, if I get it, it's Mm-mm. probably going to be for my children. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, but, kids are... you know, because I think technically they're not even supposed to be at the playground, but I took them to go skateboard at in the in the part of the playground. But anyway, so the world is still hell in a handbasket, but there mm-hmm. looks like some hope. Um, my friends in the United Kingdom are already getting your 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 shots, your vaccines. So that's pretty oh, exciting. Yeah. Um, it, it, it takes, I, I think... You have to get you have to get it twice. Oh, you have to get it twice. Yeah, but yeah, so that you guys are getting it, and hopefully they're going to decide in the next day or two when we're going to get it, and hopefully we can all kind of go back to normal living, and we can mm-hmm. find a really awesome, dirty bar here in Seattle that has a theater or something in it, so we can start meeting in live again, and uh, you know maybe the old Mars Hell building is available for us, and then we can just open a bar like in the front. Oh area. my gosh! Well, maybe we should like break into the Mars Hill building while meetings like at two a.m. in the Mars Hill building. The spray paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spray paint revolution. Yep. There's a new sheriff in town. Um. Anyway, enough of that comedy. You don't come here for comedy. <laughs> no, they don't. I mean, you probably do now. But this is how preachers always warm up the uh, the. Yeah, I gotta warm you guys up. So. What are we going to talk about today? We're going to go to Luke, Luke, um, Luke chapter ten um, today, and and talk about that. Um, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and it's weird. One of the wild things is like about philosophy is like. I read Todd McGowan, you know, Pete Rollins led me to Todd, and, and then I met Todd when I was in Belfast, but I've read some of Todd, and he's really been getting him into Hegel, but the thing about, like, trying to get into Hegel is, like, I can't read Hegel. I, I tried, and it's really weird, um, but I think I've decided a 10-year plan of trying to understand Hegel. There's commentaries and writers and stuff, but it's, fun. it's like almost like studying the Bible, but if you just studied, like, books about the Bible. Um, which actually, I feel like I've learned more about the Bible from mm-hmm. books about the Bible, and, <laughs> and, and, and then I have the actual Bible mm-hmm. um, itself. But yeah, so and that's going to make sense in a minute. But I've been listening to a lot of stuff about Hegel and um, being a Christian, which is really quite wild, and how everybody tries to appropriate him for whatever their agenda is. So I mean, just like Christianity. Yeah. One of the things that I've come to thinking radically about is the idea that. What we all have accepted as Christianity, I would say even say maybe even Europe as well, is really not Christianity. Mm. And that 
most acceptable theology and evangelical churches, and I'd even say mainline churches, may be, uh, and this is where I'm going to sound like a cult leader, and I don't mean to, it's just I'm trying to think uh, critically here, uh, may be kind of off. We might have missed the mark a little bit on, on what the Bible really says and what the religion of Christianity truly is. Which is kind of interesting to me, you know, it's interesting mm-hmm. that um, we could all be so far off um, and how that happened. Uh, but haven't, I've, we've all been there. So that's the thing is, you know, I don't want to just go out and be like, you're all a bunch of heretics. But right. like, maybe we need to look at, maybe mm-hmm. we are teaching heresy because we've gotten, you know, an acceptable thought and idea that we just kind of see through this lens that's not really the Gospels. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cool thing about that, looking at that and thinking about the Bible critically and about the faith critically, about the religion critically, is um, that it has drawn me more focus on Jesus again, you know. And for, you know, most of my career, Paul has been my, my main focus um, because I think Paul understands Christ in a way that we don't see in the Gospels. And uh, Paul is still a big influence on me. Um, but... I mean, I'm a Paulinian Christian, if I was anything. And and I would say, though, but, you know, it's brought me back to the idea of, of, of what Jesus was really doing, really accomplishing. And uh, so this, it's been really interesting to me that it, it, it's been drawing me more back to Christ, more Christ-centered faith um, that I feel like is kind of missing in the uh, church today um, in a lot of different ways. Um, Christ was, was really said some really radical things, you know, not only like radical, but like really like radical, uh, things that, that, that really test us and, um, and, and, and did things that really separate, uh, Christianity, uh, the story of Christianity from, from other religions. And it's, it's really interesting, especially the, the death of Christ and, um, how we've turned that into a victory as, um, might be quite a shame and might have drawn us away from the, from, from, from the true message of the gospel. Anyhow, that's just a thought. Sorry to use all those buzzwords there, but, and now these words mean, are starting to mean different things to me. So now I feel like I need like a, right. Like a asterisk. Yeah. Like to explain them. Mm-hmm. Like when you say Paulinian, I know that probably doesn't even mean the same thing it would mean to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, some people are like, that's, that's idol worship, Jay. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so many Christians can't stand Paul, which yeah, is, yeah. which I understand if you, especially if you read pseudo Paul and you sloop them all together. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, you, we really miss it when we write off Paul, you know. Um, so I really think you'd kind of have to have them all together, like Paul and, and, and the Gospels together for me work really, really well. Mm. Um so we're on Luke 10 today, so check on into Luke, and uh, Luke 10.25, and Luke 10.25 says, Just then, a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. He said, What must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. 
And Jesus said, that's, that's the right answer. Do this, and you will have... Uh, sorry, do this, and you will have this, and you will have this eternal life, basically. Um, now, this is what's cool about this is, do you know, Jesus is saying, like, the lawyer tries to do, like, well, let's test him, see how what he knows about the, the Bible and the Gospels, and so what do I need to do? And then Jesus says, well, what do the Gospels say, which is really cool, and like, or the Gospels, what does the, the Bible say, or the Torah. The Torah. Um, say, the law. Sorry. What does the law say? <laughs> the law say. Um, and he says, you know, the guy quotes it back to him and Jesus, that's it. You know, and that's probably not what the guy, the guy was like, I'm testing you. You're yeah, not supposed right. to be testing me, you know. Uh-huh. And so he decides to push Jesus a little bit further. And I, I, I always like this because it's like, I remember when I was, you know, in my 20s and stuff, you know, in the church growing up, people would be like, don't pray for patience, man. It's the worst thing you can do because God will give it to you. You know, you have to be patient, you know, and, um, you know, it's kind of like probably there and it was like the disciples were like, don't follow up, no follow up questions. Don't question Jesus after he gives you an answer because he's going to make it more complicated. And that's what Jesus does here is he goes. You know, he answers questions with questions. Yeah, but he and goes, parables. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, and this is very interesting that a lawyer is asking them um, this, and he's wanting to justify himself, and and this is why the lawyer asks him. He says, um, "Ask Jesus, and who is my neighbor?" And I and I love that because it's kind of like we're always one thing. I think we all have in common is. Who do I have to love? You know, mm-hmm. you know who am I supposed to forgive? And we love, love, love every Christian, conservative and liberal and woke and asleep, and everybody <laughs> loves the asterisk on on you know because there's always a oh, well you know they're not acting like a real Christian because they voted for this guy and he did so you know they're not really that so I mean I don't. I, I mean, I'm going to love them, but I'm going to tell them the truth and tell them, you know, and, mm-hmm. and tell those people to abandon their family. Right. Now, I've literally heard progressive Christians tell people that if your family voted for for Trump, Trump. if anybody in your family is a conservative, you've just got to write them off. You got to let them go. You know, don't don't bother with it. You know, you've got to, you know, yeah, you've got to do this because they're toxic and it's you know, and they need to know this. But it's like. That's the same thing I heard, you know, like, what do you, you know, conservatives say, like, what do I do with my gay child? Well, you kick him out of the house and you don't recognize them as human beings unless they repent. You know, it's like, guys, that doesn't work. It d- does not work. Yeah. You know, um, and then putting criti- criticism on top of it mm-hmm. um, doesn't work either because we don't have conversations. And then the one doing the criticizing feels better about themselves because they're the 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 master critiquer Mm -hmm. and it makes you feel better that you've critiqued somebody and that you you know maybe that you're superior but it shuts that person down hurts them they drive away and what happens is we don't have conversations you know so even when you're rightfully judging people you know because i think we do rightly judge people all the time um when you do it in a way that's like an ass when you're a snarky asshole about it um or you act like you're superior to somebody you shut it down. So that's not love. Love is not shutting the other person down. Love is not making the other person feel like an ass because they were wrong. You know, and that's one of the things I love about 
my friendship with Pete, you know, like he'll joke when I say something, we disagree or something, you know, but he'll always like sit down and be like, oh, mate, you got to look at this and you got to think about this way and you got to do this, you know, and, and he's not like a yes friend. He's like, oh, yeah, she's awful. You're right, buddy, man. You're, you're better off. He's like, well, actually, Jay, you know, you need to look at this and you did maybe did that. And I'm like, ah, like, I just want a friend to agree with me. Um, you know, do you guys understand what I'm, I'm saying here is it, like, um, and it would be easy to be like, well, I'm not going to be friends with someone who pushes back, but I become a better human being when I'm in friendships with people who push yeah. back in a loving way and people I know and I trust. And so, you know, I mean, I remember a few months ago, people were just like, you need to write your father off. You need to denounce him publicly. You're supporting what he's doing if you're not denouncing him publicly. And I'm like, I'm not going to denounce my dad publicly. I mean, it's just not going to happen. You hold your breath. Mm-hmm. See when it happens. Because mm-hmm. um, it's not. It's not going to happen. You know, we have tough conversations you know and um and i might be the only one having those conversations with him so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give up that spot right yeah you know but the Mm. idea is 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 is, so the the lawyer here is looking at a way to be like i do who do i have to be friends with who is my neighbor who do i really need to love like i can love god that's easy um you know uh i've got loopholes around that Mm -hmm. um (laughs) But I really need some loopholes around my neighbor. Who's right. my neighbor? Is it just the guys next to me? Is it just my my, my Jewish mm-hmm. brothers and sisters? You know, um, you know who is it? And, and so this is Jesus's answer. And, and we're all fam- not we're all familiar with the story. We're not all familiar with the story, but a lot of a lot of us are. Um, so Jesus replied, "A man was going down for Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him." And went away, leaving him half dead. Now, the funny thing with this verse is I used to always explain what the road of Jericho was and how dangerous it was and all that stuff. But that's not the point. Today's that's that's not going to be the point. Um, Now, by chance, a priest was going down the road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. You know... And it's funny, like, I think one way that this would make sense, because I think any of us saw anybody beat and bloody on the side of the road, we would not probably, we would all stop, I mean, with our cell phones, definitely, um, call 911 at least and, 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 and get somebody help. Um, but I think of another way to put this is, is like, if you saw someone who you knew had bed bugs <laughs> and they were having a tough time, would you sit down and talk with them? Or if the guy was beat up, had like a... That's a really good comparison. Yeah, bed bugs, and I just had a friend who worked in the in the inner city, and he was just like, "That's like the new, the new thing." Mm. Or if a person had, um, um, you know, whatever, like make America great again hat on, or if they had a whatever rebel flag, you know, whatever, beat up in the. I think most of us would do something to help them, but this is just you know I'm trying to give you a, kind of a little bit of an idea of what was going on here. Okay, so they saw him and he passed by. You know, for the priest, he would be seen unclean and it would tarnish him and it would probably make him late. Um, and he'd have to go through rituals and not probably be able to go do what he was doing. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged him, his wounds, 
having poured out oil and wine on them. Then he put him and his own put him on his own animal, brought him to the inn, and took care of him. He gave them the undertaker money and said, uh, take care of him. And when I come back, I will pay whatever, uh, whatever extra he spends. Which, uh, and he goes, which of these three do you think was the neighbor to the man whom fell into the hands of the robbers? So the, we're not getting probably the, the answer that the lawyer wanted, but this is interesting. He goes, uh, Jesus said to him, uh, you know, he goes, he said, uh, the one who showed him mercy, Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Now, the interesting part about this go and do mercy part, or, or no, he goes, the one who helped him. The interesting about, part about that is uh, as, a, as, as a Jewish lawyer, you probably didn't even want to say the word Samaritan because you despise them so much. You despise Samaritans. Samaritans were a despised group of people. And so he, oh, the one who helped him, you know what I mean? He's like, okay, we get it, you know, right? You know, the Samaritans being a neighbor. And it's funny because we call this the good Samaritan. You know, it's like saying like, you know, he's a good atheist or he's a good Christian, you know, um, which I'm sure I get every now and then about me, which is nice, but also, well, you know, whatever. Who cares? Um, but... But he didn't want to mention it. You know, he didn't want to even mention the guy's name. But this is not what hit me about this scripture. I mean, I've I've, I've preached the prodigal the prodigal son, um, the good Samaritan a, a million times. Um, but what hit me the other day when I was listening to something about Hegel and about Jesus, and I was listening to Todd McGowan was is that you know I was like, who's who's the Samaritan? Who's the wounded person? You know, I'm the wounded person, you know, or I'm the Samaritan, you know, who we're supposed to be. And it hit me that when Jesus tells this story, he's talking about a man who was beat up and wounded, and then he put oil and wine, you know, on his wounds and helped him out and then put him into his own, on his own animal and takes him and puts him into this inn. And I never realized that it's almost as though Jesus is saying also that he is your neighbor. And I'm like, what? Jesus is showing that the humiliated, both parties, the man beaten down and killed, or almost killed, and the Samaritan, who's despised, are neighbors. Mm. And Jesus is about, is, it will eventually be beaten down and killed and bloody and bruised. And people will say, crucify him. And they will spit on him, and they'll want nothing to do with him. And in a way, it feels like Jesus is saying, the one who takes care of the humiliation, the humiliated. And God is about to be humiliated on the cross. Jesus is about to be abandoned by God on the cross. Uh, Jesus is about to be violently beat up and persecuted. And he's saying, the one who recognized this and saw the humanity in this one who is being murdered is our neighbor. And he's almost saying, it's almost as though Jesus is saying, the, the, the humiliated, the one who takes care of me, the one who helps me. And so I was just really blown away by this, this idea of, of this being almost a 
foreshadowing of the crucifixion of beat bloodied on the side, you know, almost beat to death. And this idea of that, that's what's going to happen to Jesus, you know? Um, and, 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 and he's going to be abandoned by everyone close to him. You know, it's almost, you know, and definitely foreshadowing of what's, what's coming and what's going to happen next. But I never thought about it being as the good Samaritan. He, he's showing almost as though we're seeing the Gentiles are going to come on the scene, you know, because the Gentiles were despised. And what happens is, is Paul reaches out to the Gentiles because of the cross, because of the foolishness of the cross. And, um, and the Gentiles are despised, and everybody tries to convert the Gentiles to Judaism and do all this stuff to say, well, you have to be this, 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 this. and he goes, no, they're just accepted. And in a way, he's saying, you know, you've got to love your neighbor as yourself, and your neighbor is those, even those who you despise, um, but your neighbor is also the one who is humiliated and dead on the side of the road. Both are, they are each other's neighbors. And um, in a way, it, 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 once again, that idea of Christ never clinging to his, his ideas of being God, you know, never, never, never clinging to his right of, as God, um, is, is portrayed here of, of, it almost brings down the humanity of God of like, you know, I'm going to be humiliated. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be beat, you know, and who will take care of me? And I think about the, the, the rich man who comes along and buy, takes Christ off the cross, has him taken to his own, mm-hmm. you know, his own tomb, you know, and they bring, the women bring the oil and the stuff to put onto Christ. And so I think, you know, I think there's a deeper meaning to this story that maybe a lot of us have missed out on, um, is is loving humiliation, and 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 I think that one of the things this seems so foreign to me right now, even when I'm saying it, and it probably seems foreign to you, is like, well, Jesus is the king. Well, I mean, we live in America, and Christianity is like, oh, Christianity. But what I'm saying is, if we truly embrace the idea of God uh, coming to Earth, whatever, I don't even want to get into that. But you know, like this idea of the humiliated God that exists and doesn't exist at the same time, that fails, uh, that fails in such a humiliating way that no one in their right mind would follow them. It's an amazing the fact that Christianity's even become what it has become. But but the humiliate the humiliated God, um, the the suffering God, uh, the suffering. You know, the one who takes care of the suffering is our neighbor. Um, no matter who that neighbor is, no matter what that neighbor's reputation is, is the one who takes care of the suffering, and 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 Christ is 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 a suffering God. You know, people often say, "Well, the Bible doesn't deal with suffering," and to me, honestly, I feel like the cross is all about a suffering and abandonment. And I almost feel like the whole Bible is, is suffering is such a given, especially in that time, to be alive mm-hmm. that it would almost be redundant when those letters were written mm-hmm. to be like, "Oh, we're suffering because everybody's suffering, everybody's <laughs> right. going through hell." You know right. what I mean? It's like hearing somebody be like, oh, man, COVID-19, you know? I mean, you don't have to say anything. We're like, yeah, it's shit for all of us. You know, it's tough and blah, blah, blah. Some people have it worse. Some people have it better. But it's still, you know, frustrating because it stopped all of our lives. And so this idea that, that Christ was even saying, like, you know, when you show compassion for me in my moment of weakness, my moment of shame, 
uh, you are acting as a follower of Christ, a follower of God. You are fulfilling the law. You know, when you don't reject me because of my shame and uh, when you embrace my suffering and care for me in the midst of my suffering. And it's just this clear message that Jesus is kind of sending out is that we, you know, we, we should take care of each other no matter what. And that we should help heal one another's pains no matter what our history is. And, um, and that there's something, something that happens when we become powerless. And I think that would be another way of looking at it is not just a humiliated God, but a powerless God. Um, you know, why my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Um, you know, angels didn't charge down and rip him off the cross and make him king. Um, so I don't know. I, I haven't got this completely figured out, but what I like to do is when, I, when I'm thinking about things like this and when, when something comes to my attention that I never thought about, that I never put Jesus in the place of the beaten, robbed man that the Samaritan helps, it just hit me like, this is really interesting. Mm. This is a really new way for me to see it um, because I always thought it was just about like, you know, and the whole point of Jesus' thing is it's like, you know, your enemy, the one whose enemy is asking like your neighbor. So that guy's your neighbor too. But it's like, no, the, the, he took care of me. He acted as the true neighbor. The despised acted as the neighbor. He's even, he, he, he's not saying, it's not like he's saying like, you have to love the despised. He's saying, even the people you despise when they show love and compassion are acting as true neighbors. They're mm. acting like that. Mm. You know, he's like, not you are acting like that, that you have to do that, but look what this person does. And that you have to you have to admit that they've made the right decision. You have to see that they are showing compassion, grace, and love. Mm-hmm. And I think if we kind of looked at that in people's lives that we want to, we want everybody to be in like, you've got to be this way, or you've got to believe this. You know, no, we can't have nuances. You can't be like, right. you know, politically or things like that, you know, because it's like, it's just like we have a line of like, well, once you go right here, you're no longer this, you know, once you go right here, you become that, you know, and, and, and you see it with COVID about like different people have different masks, the way they handle their masks. Some people like wear masks in the shower and all the time, you know, and some people don't wear masks outside and some people do. And, and we almost always push, you know, our agenda or idea of, oh, that must be a, you know, oh, they must be an anti-masker or an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, they must right. be that. I, you know? I'm guilty of doing that. Yeah. You know, you look at them, you think, oh, yeah. they must be conservative, you know, or, oh, they're going to go do that. Well, they must be, you know, yep. and we just throw them into that. You know, no one can have nuances. No one can say, no, 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 I believe in wearing masks. I believe in this. Uh-huh. But I also, sometimes I don't, you know, when I'm outside with my kids, you know, I don't do that, you know, whatever. The idea is we just love to categorize people. Yep. And I like the fact that Jesus goes in and shows them, uses their own categorizing to show that this person, you know, is showing more love than you. I mean, you don't even want to say what, what, what nationality they are. You don't even want to say Samaritan, you know. Um, you're not comfortable with that. And the point is, is that it's not about where you come from. It's not about necessarily who you're identified with. It's about, you know, to a certain way, it's like about your faith, about your 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 religion expressing itself through love and um and realizing that we have got to take care of those who are humiliated and suffering as i will be humiliated and suffer because that is the one truth about life is that we all suffer and that suffering is just a reality there's you will suffer more than you will be happy um unless you live in kind of a 
you buy into the capitalism, I think, you know, some ways where you're even in your misery, you're happy because you're hoping to have more money, you're hoping to do this and you're saving up for that. You know, I think there's ways for us to numb out that suffering in the world. But it's and why I said earlier in the phone, it's like, I'm surprised we all buy Apple phones. You know, it's because, you know, the, the you know, there's children who mine stuff for our phone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm on an Apple phone right now. And it's just so easy. I mean, mm-hmm. it's easy to just be like, yeah, whatever. Yep. You know, I was talking to somebody that, you know, when I, when I was on, before I quit Facebook, someone was like, oh, you fascists and blah, blah, blah. And you can't show any grace to these fascists. I'm like, well, you're typing to me on an iPhone, man. He's like, no, you can't do that. You can't say that. He was just keeping telling me what I could say and what I couldn't say. You know, and I'm like, no, but do you not see the hypocrisy of that? We've tur- we, we, we turning a blind eye to other people's suffering for our own convenience. And because it's like the mass, the masses do it. I mean, conservatives do it. Liberals do it. We all just kind of, you know, we have this unspoken raw of like, this is a really awesome thing. So we're going to kind of avoid the, the, the bad, bad bits, you know. But I guess what we could come out and say is like there's a contradiction here in what I believe and what I say that exists, and I'm trying to accept that, and maybe it will change and maybe it won't. But the fact is is we all have contradictions in our lives and to realize that. So why am I able to turn blind light? Oh, well, you know, they passed the 1,000-mile mark. You know, they're over 500 miles away, so, you know, I can put it out of my mind. You know, as long as I'm just doing everything and focusing on my own neighborhood, you know, um, you know, cause sometimes I feel like us people in the U S think we like we're suffering worse than anyone, you know, that's why I like to read the BBC and go and look at international stuff is to realize how many people's lives are being torn apart and suffering all over the world. I mean, I was reading about this man who is being tortured just horribly until he would say that he was, you know, in, in another country, uh, I can't remember what country it was right now for the life of me, but you know, he, he finally admitted to being a terrorist, which he wasn't when they started shooting water into his testicles because they were well, yeah, kept torturing him. Yeah, torture is a zero yeah. percent effective means of... Yeah, so it's like, but I mean, the idea is is that this is happening all over the world. People are being, you know, priest brutality against the Sikhs right now and mm-hmm. people like that. I mean, they're just, they're being beaten and, you know, but it's, it's sometimes it's easy, it's easy for us to like separate from that truth of the suffering. But can we be the good American? You know, can we be the, the, the one on the road that says we've got to stop this? You know, could you imagine if all all of us all of a sudden decided like, OK, we're just going to find out who makes the least impactful phone on people's lives and we're just going to buy it. Yeah, right. Yeah. But then they become the new, you know, <laughs> you mega, know. mega corporation. But, you know, it, it's just, you know, but it would say something or well, I'm not going to use a phone anymore. I'm just going to put my phone in my house and just use email, whatever. I don't know. But but we're not all going to do that. I'm so addicted to this device, it's ridiculous. Um, it's almost become a coping mechanism that I probably need to see a therapist about. But anyway, I just wanted us to think about the suffering today and that Christ suffers with us and that Christ yeah. is humiliated with us mm-hmm. and that Christ is beaten with us. And, um, and I think it's important for us to see Christ in the, the, the victim not the victor. I think the idea of this victory in Jesus, Jesus, you know, this idea is that Jesus is the victor and the winner has created how Jesus is involved in capitalism and how Jesus is involved in being like whoever is the most powerful president and whoever's this and 
and and how why the particular Christians can can be like, oh yeah, you know, I've got I'm a Christian, and that's why I believe in Donald Trump. It's like, and that's why that doesn't have uh, anything to do with yeah, your faith, yeah. really. It shouldn't, you know. Um, in my opinion, um, uh, there to be honest, I, I I don't see how we you can take that the Christian religion <laughs> and put the two together because they don't seem to really work tightly. But even if you start to look closer to to um, to to our Democrats president right now and Biden, if you looked closely, you would you would also see that he's not going to line up with your probably what you believe either. You know, there, there's there's no super. But we have this idea that with this Victoria, like he you know he, he he won death, he beat the cross, he beat death, and so we have this victory, victory, victory mentality, and you know, but Jesus is always on the side of the suffering. I I believe that. And but I also believe that we all suffer, you know. So I think it's worth worth taking a deeper look into, and thinking more about. Um, is that maybe maybe the Samaritan was someone like you know the Good Samaritan could could be very well summed up as someone who like the Apostle Paul, you know the Apostle Paul had that moment where he said, oh I can't. I can't kill Christians anymore. I can't persecute these Christians anymore because this, this is real. But he, he, he saw that there was something in the suffering and death of Christ that was real. And he said, I've got to take this further. And so it's almost as though you could see the Good Samaritan story as these people who are enemies coming together as a story of, you know, Paul and Jesus, you mm. know, and Paul and the Christian faith. So there's, there's a better analog, I think, to, to, to put in your mm. your crown and That's think about. That's pretty cool. What have so. been some of Paul's people who had beat up Jesus on the side of the road, this theoretical, or a Christian on the side of the road? Or just walked and past then, him and, and ignored it. And then it was Paul, yeah. after he'd been converted, walking by, who uh, helped him out. And he was actually on the road. That'd be interesting. To persecute more Christians. Right. But he got stopped and decided to become probably the person who spread the faith the most. Yes. So let's open this sucker up for uh, responses, pushbacks, yeah. Q&As. What do we got? As always, of course, I, I have a, a, a notebook full, but I'll just read one little quick observation that ties into the very last thing that you're saying. And then I do have one question from somebody, but while I'm doing this, please, online listeners, for, for podcast listeners, we are doing this as a live stream if you haven't caught on. Um, but... Uh, but yeah, uh, so so feel free to shoot in whatever questions you have, and we have a little bit of a lag, so those will start popping up uh, as we have time to get to them. So just real quick, I just wanted to say that um, I think it's really important to always be asking now who are the marginalized, you know, and, to be, and then and then to be uh, kind of almost pinching yourself, you know, um, x amount of time later and saying, okay, now who are the marginalized? Because it can be so easy just to get caught up on thinking, oh, this this one group, and maybe especially if it's the group that you're in or a group that you're that you feel a lot of emotion around is the marginalized group. It can be easy just to get caught and stuck in the idea and almost limit yourself by saying, oh no, we're the marginalized and so we're disadvantaged. And so, but I think you always have to be asking, well, who are the new marginalized people? Obviously. Um, for a while, like it's like in the queer community for a while, it was, uh, you know, gay men were kind of stepping out and taking a lot of the blunt of it and, and, and the brunt of it. And now, um, you know, for trans people, I think are being, are, are more so the marginal and it's, it's just always shifting and maybe it's subtle little steps, but I think it's important to keep reminding ourselves who, who the marginalized well, are. I would say we even need to go further than that and go back to the road, the road and, and, and 
and and look at how this is two th- two people happening between two people, mm-hmm. and asking ourselves not just who the marginalized group is, um, because I think when we get so focused on the big picture that sometimes we miss out that there's a person or people around us who are also just suffering personally, mm. and I think you know as they're just a person in your life Mm -hmm. that you can be that too. Um, Mm. you know, just a human being, Yeah, you know, and, and, uh, you know, you, can you be the good Samaritan to them? Yeah. You know, um, cause then maybe they'll be like, Oh, that was a great, that was a really, that was, a good what what a nice Republican that was. The good Republican came and helped me out. Yeah, or totally. A good liberal that, helped me out. So. I have something else about that later. But. So I think we have to get, you know, out of the idea of just this group and this group and this group because then when we start to miss out individuals suffering, I think this happens in the church so often. Is that and this is actually why we started Revolution is we started to realize like these punk kids didn't fit into like a place in the church and they kept kind of falling through the cracks. You know, and standing outside and, you know, skateboarding or smoking cigarettes during church and nobody wanted to talk to them. And we're like, well, let's just do something with them, you know. And so it's this idea is that, you know, individuals also are falling through cracks and going through hard times as well. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not like we don't have our work cut out for us, you know. You could either change the world or you could just change your neighbor, you know. And you might be the spark that changes your neighbor and they change the world. Totally. So. Uh, so here's a comment that we got from an online congregation member. This is from Sean. Sean says, what about the idea pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional? Hmm. I wonder how you would define those words, pain and suffering, Sean. And also uh, uh, inevitable and optional. I'd be curious if you want to clarify that. And then he says, how do we handle the pain? It, how do we handle the pain is the difference? Oh, how we, I guess he's saying how, how we, we handle, handle how we handle how we the handle pain the pain is, is the difference. difference. Um, but I would say suffering for me, and I'm going to just speak for my personal life. It was not an option until I reached a certain age and saw a certain amount of therapy and had a certain amount of understanding from books I've read um, and therapists and DBT and different things like that. That's when I started to realize that some of that suffering was optional and then I actually kind of ran to it and kind of made it worse. A lot of the times that I was just throwing gas on the fire by trying to people please, trying to fix it and trying to do all this stuff, which you would think were the right things to do. Um, but that's how I was raised. So for me, I was adding fuel to suffering, but I didn't know anything else. So I couldn't just come up and be like, well, I'll just do this and I won't suffer. You know, it took someone, and I think that's like that, the beautiful are the feet that bring the good news. Yeah. You know, it's like, it took people saying like, hey, Jay, do you realize you might be doing this, that you're sitting with this and that you're, you know, you, you can change this. And I, oh, I can. Oh, I thought I was stuck this way. I thought I was a piece of shit. You know what I mean? I thought there was something wrong with me. Right. Or that I had to make everybody happy. So now I feel in my life suffering is more of an option. But honestly, it's taken me 44 years, maybe 43 years, to get to the point where I think that um, suffering is more of an option. But then again, when you lose a loved one, you know, suffering, I think, is part of, of, part of, 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 uh, of, of grieving yeah. that you have to do. And, uh, and, and if you're not careful you'll put it off, which I did with my mother for a few years and didn't grieve and didn't suffer through it and then suffered down the line because I didn't know how to deal with it. So I think 
pain and suffering will always kind of go hand in hand. But I do think there's things that we can do that definitely lessen that suffering and use that pain in a way that can be positive and it can build on us. Because I think pain does make us better people. I think it it helps us grow, um, you know, and learning how to cope and deal with suffering and how to get out of that is, is, is powerful. But I think we've got to have, that's why we've got to have these conversations. You know, mm-hmm. That's why I've got to talk about this. I, 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 that was a great comment and a great question. And I'm glad I got to talk about it. Cause if you hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have thought about that. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Sean, Sean followed up just a little bit and he said, uh, even this is a quote, even if you slay me yet, I will serve you. Um, oh, cool. Uh, Ray says he's starting CBT tomorrow. Oh, cool. At last, for these very reasons that we're talking about. While we're waiting for more questions to come in, Jay, I will enlighten you with some of my oh. thoughts. Of course, I am being sarcastic. Um, but I think just kind of, again, kind of just building off of some of the stuff that you said, I think that um, without nuance, which is the word that you used a couple times earlier, I think we end up getting silly and kind of extreme, almost cartoonishly extreme ideas that result in just silly, bizarro dichotomies. Um, Like, for example, if a kid is hurt by and leaves church and then doesn't know how to handle them hating the church as they grow into adulthood and become like an angry atheist. But they also have to marry that with the fact that they had great, loving, maternal uh, examples as their Sunday school teachers, and they they had a lot of really deep connections with them at that church, Um, you know, at the time that they were were vulnerable and everything. Um, And so, like, kind of how do do they uh, navigate that conflict? Um... And I, I think that the that that one way to kind of approach that is um, is yeah, just allowing space space for nuance, you know. Um, and then what if uh, if a hurt person were kind of building off that a, a little bit more? What if the hurt person were an angry atheist being saved, you know, uh, off the off the road by the fundamentalist evangelical, kind of like what you were saying earlier? What if vice versa? The evangelical fundamentalist is saved by uh, a humanist. Well, I think that happens every day. Yeah, and it's beautiful. I think you know. I mean, I've 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 had very conservative people, and that might be some of the people who are anonymously giving online. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Who who support this church and support what we do? Actually, probably some that support this church more than most anybody does. To be honest with you, I can honestly tell you that yeah. I know that there is one big support check that we get from somebody who is conservative, and. Um, big as in relative terms, honestly, but it's still one of our most consistent Sizable, donors yeah. is a conservative person. And, you know, they make it possible for me to come and talk all this uh, liberal propaganda. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Right. Uh, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, so it's it's easy to sum people up and do stuff. And I was like, no, I won't take your money. And they're like, no, you must. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, no, I didn't say that. Um, uh, if anybody's going to help us do our work, we'll gladly do it and 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 figure that out later. Um, but yeah, at least you know this is really tough work. So, but the fact is, is like also like I've dated people who are conservatives. I've have family who are conservative. You know, what I mean, it's like if that's the that's the us and them thing. But I just honestly hate the the us and them thing anymore. I almost don't even want to use those terms anymore. And. Uh, because I just think it's just such an easy way to scapegoat somebody else, you know? And uh, I think there's a different way to think about this and think totally. better. So. Yes. 
we'll keep working on that. Agreed. Is there other anything else? No, nothing, nothing new. No new questions. Uh, I know that just like gen- in general throughout the past week, I have had a couple of questions about um, our ETA for finding a location. I think that we're pretty good about keeping people updated with just the fact that the city is so closed down that um, we are eager to do that. But we just our, our feet are kind of our hands are kind of tied. And if you want to like that. if any of you folks want to like grab a social distance coffee or soda. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad to, you know, go Me meet too. you in a park somewhere. And Caleb is like Mr. Extrovert. He needs it. So yeah, that would and be I, like helpful as well. It wouldn't even just mean like talking to your off and stuff. Like I love listening to people he and hearing, hearing their stories. I'm a compassionate. No, you are. You listener. totally are. <laughs> like when, when, like I would come in with so much pain to services sometimes. And you could tell like half, like people just was like, what, what, what do we do? You know? And, and one of the things that really impressed me with Caleb is sometimes he would just come up and start crying and be like, I'm so sorry, man. And just cry. And then I would be like, Oh my God. But I was crying an hour earlier by myself sitting in the freaking car, you know? But it was one of those things where it was like pain and suffering, recognize pain and suffering. Yeah. Exactly. And, it takes um, one to know one. So, but we're, we're, we're here. In Seattle, yeah, if you're will. around, we'd love to meet you guys somewhere. Totally. Oh, thank you, Beth. Oh, that's so sweet. So yeah, I guess that's it. So yeah, we're still looking for a place, and um, but we're not actually looking because Papa will be pissed if me and Caleb walk in and be like, "Yeah, could you open the bar for us? I know you guys <laughs> yeah, are right, right, shut right. down, but uh, could, we're going to cut this tape. We'd be through. immediately canceled. We'd have to like to, <laughs> we'd have to go to Portland. Revolution yeah. Portland rolling out." <laughs> Next month, <laughs> we'll just keep moving yeah. from town to town. Hopping. We're like um, snake oil salesman. Yeah, snake oil salesman. We're like chased out of another town. <laughs> um, so, anyhow, thanks you all so much. We love you guys. Um, let's keep thinking differently and uh, radically. And um, yeah, hopefully, you'll hook up with us here in t- if you're in town. Please do. All right. Uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye. We'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website.